We are Hit Fitness and Boot Camp, Lansing's number one hit slash boot camp studio with classes that motivate, encourage, and push you. We specialize in 30-minute weight loss boot camps that challenge the body and deliver results in a positive and supportive atmosphere. Hey guys, it's Coach Nate with another great episode on the Hit Fitness Podcast, The Afterburn. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to another great episode for you guys. Today we have a great episode, but first let me introduce my fabulous co-host. What's up, Shamber? Hey, hey, hey. Spice and life. Oh, yes. Oh, what spice I am, though. I'm trying to figure it out. I feel like I'm like cinnamon, <laughs> but also like cayenne. Like ghost pepper. Together and oh. The ghost pepper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chamber, tell them what we got going on today. Oh, man. Well, I'm just dodging this heat. This humidity is like 100% precipitation right now. I know. Now. With the rain <laughs> and the sun, it's brutal. Um, hey, guys. It's been a couple weeks. I do apologize, but we wanted to get a, a good episode out today. Last episode was pretty uh, intense, so we, we wanted to take our time and get back into things. We have a great guest on the show. Somebody that I know personally, I've met a few years back. He helped me out a lot, actually, uh, with employment and kind of helped me build my future and get to where I am today. I think he did play a role in that among probably many other people. He definitely had his role. Daniel, what's going on, man? Hey, not a whole lot. Just trying to do what you said. Dodge the heat a little bit. Now I'm kind of stuck on what spice am I? Oh, man. I'm thinking I'm either marjoram or thyme, but I'm Ooh. not quite certain. Oh. Well, I just ate Thai food, so I'm I'm definitely feeling a little spicy. I'm rubbing off on you. Hey, nothing, of wrong, nothing wrong with Thai food. <laughs> no. Shout out to, what what is that truck called? Uh, over there at Horak. Shout out to that food truck. Real great owner, too. I was talking to him for a little bit today and another day, and we exchanged business cards yeah, shout out to those guys. I feel pretty bad that I don't know their business name right now, but Orox Parking Lot. I believe Sounds he said shady. Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday through Sunday. I think he opens around noontime or lunchtime. Uh, Wednesday through Sunday, he was telling me. I believe it is, and if it's wrong, I'm sorry. But I'm doing my best to give you a shout out. You know what? Sometimes I've learned the best food comes from a parking lot. Just yeah. saying. I'm actually a big fan of food trucks. Yep. Food trucks, they're very... They're different. They're extraordinary. They're they're extraordinary. They are. They they're, are. They're, they're, they they are extraordinary. They have everything they need inside of a truck, like inside of a trailer or a truck. And I just think they're cool because I can get up and go and you know, oh, this spot's not producing. Let's go down the street. Who can do that? Restaurants you know, can't. If you get an opportunity, look at the uh, food truck rallies that are going on. Yeah, you see them once in a while out in Williamson, out in Lansing, out in other areas. Yeah, Williamson wow. has a good one. Oh yeah, it's, it's a dangerous really? time okay. to go to a food truck rally. Yeah, if you go there, be prepared to eat about four thousand calories. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's intense. Okay. Especially you get those like uh, dessert ones, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that have these incredible, huge. There's no way I can eat one by myself desserts. You know, you're American, so you yeah, have to. <laughs> yeah. You're like, can I get a, the hot fudge sundae? And they give you like this bucket full of ice cream and fudge. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. I'll take a hot fudge sundae. Only 20 ounces of chocolate. Though. Right. Can I get like 10 <laughs> spoons with that too? Because I'm going to be sharing this with everybody. 
No, but good times, man. Food trucks have always been one of my favorites. They have, that's one thing Lansing has. I think they have a lot of food truck areas. Old Town, um, I've seen it on there. They have a few downtown. There's one over by uh, Stover's Bar. Shout out to that place. Pretty old school looking fun bar. They have shuffleboard in there. Oh, that's, wow. that's that's you, cool. You don't you don't see Very too cool. many spots these days yeah, with shuffleboard. Don't. I don't even think kids these days know what shuffleboard I is. I barely know. I mean, I, I'm familiar with the game, but I've never played. I remember. Oh, I'm guilty. You know, what a great idea! You know, summer games with food trucks, like food trucks and cornhole. Yeah, right. you know? yeah. yeah. It, whoever, whoever wins gets a lobster roll. Yeah, whoever wins <laughs> gets a free something. Yeah, I can't believe they have shuffleboard though. That that threw me off when I because normally it's like pool table or jukebox or yeah. you know it's like shuffleboard. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. I, I I played. I haven't been there in a long time, but uh, when I did go in there, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And people are always on it. You know, they need to make like family friendly food trucks, like um, a dessert food truck with slip and slide for the children. Oh my slip word! Slip and slide. Yeah, order an ice cream cone for your kid and uh, have let them have fun on the slip and slide for five minutes. There you go. So, yeah. Bring back those childhood memories. My right, favorite yeah, let's go. My favorite Mexican uh, <laughs> food truck, the one over on Michigan Avenue. Oh, El Oasis. El Oasis. That's where it's at. They're so good. They're so fast, too. Yeah. I, I, they're so busy, though, all the time. Oh, yeah. Usually the oh, wait yeah. to place your order is longer than time you place your order to time you get your order. Well, good food basically means that it takes five times longer to cook it than it does to eat it. If it takes an hour to cook it, well, it's gone in five minutes. So Right. So exactly. I found another one. Um, it's on Grand River when you're heading into like Grand Ledge. It's that pink little one. Oh, oh it's a Mexican little joint. Yes. Uh, that I, one's I, really good yeah, too. Yeah, I've talked to the owner of that one too, and uh, we've uh, done some collab thoughts uh also he's he's a he's a really cool guy i wish i knew the name of that truck because he's actually a really cool down earth guy i really like him and uh i would recommend the breakfast burritos at that place okay, right. they have a chicken breakfast burrito that Ooh. is like okay bomb.com bomb.com all right you know, i'm telling you <laughs> that stuff is so dangerous because it it's so good yeah it's yeah, good it's like, you, you know, have to limit yourself for sure oh yeah it's it's hard to do when it's on your way into work Oh, oh yeah. my oh, word, yes. Gee, I could have um, 150 calorie cereal breakfast or this 800 calorie <laughs> breakfast burrito. Right. That I'm going to taste for the next four weeks because it's so good. Could be burping it up and everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good going down. And then, yeah, you know, the heartburn and everything else. And then, you know, obviously the whole fitness and wellness side of things, it's like <laughs> that's where you get caught in that trap. You know what I'm saying? You, you try so hard to put the work in in the gym, but you have to do it outside. Even us trainers, like me and Coach Chamber, like it, it's it, just because we're in the industry of you know health and wellness doesn't mean it's any easier for us. Like oh, my goodness. it's actually harder for us because we're supposed to lead by example, right? So everybody's watching. So everyone's watching. So it's like when you pick up a chocolate sundae, there's like, oh, cool. Hey Dan, how's that chocolate sundae? Oh, it's good. Oh, sweet. I have to get one. <laughs> when they see me pick one up. Do you see Nate eating a chocolate sundae? Oh my God. Isn't he a fitness trainer? Doesn't he own a gym? You know, so it's like, oh my God, it's more pressure. So what you're saying is that coaches, um, healthy living coaches, you know, gym coaches, um, they have dirty little secrets behind closed doors that involve high caloric foods. We have to hide. (laughs) I go in a little hole and I'm like, is anyone watching? Okay. It, it is it is more pressure. I'm not going to lie there. It is more pressure. It's kind of a good thing, but a bad thing at the same time. So it's a good thing because it keeps me on my toes, right? Mm-hmm. I might be at the, I might be picking out my lunch and be like, oh, I really want 
that burrito that's a thousand calories or that sub that's like you know 1200 calories at uh you know this greasy sub joint i know and but i have to take it back to the gym and you know all eyes on me and i can't walk in there with that that'd be promoting you know unhealthy eating let me just go with the sushi you know or let me just, just go with the chicken shawarma or something i'm just picturing this right now you're sneaking into the gym with like a duffel bag filled with, with mexican food and people are working out they're already hungry they're already starving they start sniffing you smell it yeah. yeah yeah they're like where's that food coming from he's not holding any food it's like uh, jammed in my pockets <laughs> It's hard. We have the Chick-fil-A that's like so a thousand feet down the road. Yeah, all the good stuff. I know. <laughs> I have the interesting type of bad luck, okay? I, I would be the person trying to sneak this in and like the um, salsa would leak. Right, so right, right. Yeah. People are like, why do you have a trail of salsa coming right. out of your duffel bag? Or beard. like the little the little cup little with the lid on it falls out of your pocket or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, what do you have salsa in your pocket for? Knowing my luck, it would probably be the type of food that I just coach somebody not to actually eat. Right, right. You know, right. And then I get caught doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Right. You know, pizza's oh horrible God. for you, but I don't know why that piece of pepperoni fell right. in my right. Oops. Right. All right, Eric, you really got to get tight on your diet, man. You you got to do this. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. What's what was that? It's my cheat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said yesterday was your cheat day. That's weird. <laughs> well, I guess you could flip that around and say, you know, once you reach a certain healthy level, you can do this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to a certain extent, that is true. Um, but you don't want to abuse it. You know what I mean? You, right. you don't want to get in the habit. Of, when, and this is not just with coaches, obviously. This is with anybody. If so, you know, when, when someone, it's going to be very, It's I think it's with anything in life, you know, mm -hmm. just like learning a profession, anything. It's very strict and hard in the beginning. Right. You know, it, you're, you're growing your foundation, your, your, your fundamentals. And then later, when you're established, it it's it's easier. You can you can you can take a day yeah. off. You can do you you have a little bit more wiggle room, so to speak. So, but you don't want to give yourself enough rope to hang yourself with it, though, right. because it, it's like owning a business. In the very they say, the first two or three years is very very you know it's, it's tough. That's where pe it's it's either going to make you or break you. Yeah, that's where a lot of people throw the towel and they give up like you know what i'll just go back to doing a nine to five like this is too much you know there's a lot of businesses in the first two or three years you're not making any money you're working for free essentially i mean i've done it i'm speaking words that i've done myself you know you, you work for free and you work to pay for other people to work for you and um and it's very discouraging you know it's like oh my god i'm working 16 hours a day and not making any money for myself just you know paying bills that's it and um uh, but later, when things are established, that's when you—that's when yeah. the pay comes. You know, you always get it on the back end of things. Well, most people don't see the hours put in. They don't right. see that as a small business owner, like you said, you're operating in the red for the first two or three years. It's all about the hustle at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to be ready, man. Absolutely, you have to be Absolutely. ready. Absolutely, and that's—you know—most people might put in a eight or ten-hour day. A business owner might be putting in twelve, fourteen, sixteen-hour days, and even when they're not working, they're still thinking about work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's like it's like. Uh, you know, it, it goes along with the, there's an old weightlifting uh, saying, it's like everyone wants to be big and strong and have big muscles, but no one wants to lift heavy ass weight. So you know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like everyone wants these results. Right. They want to be six pack, 20 inch arms. Uh, I'm speaking, I guess I'm speaking about guys right now, but you know, <laughs> six like, pack, 20, know want that. <laughs> 20 inch arms, you know, this big barrel chest, you know, they want to be this guy that looks like on, on the magazine. 
you know, but no one wants to go to the work, uh, do the work every day, day in and day out, right. and lift heavy ass weight because it's painful, it's hard. You're putting your body under extreme stress, and there's little to no break because right. the next day, it's not like, oh, I worked out yesterday, I'm good. No, it's right. I got to wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. Oh, but I'm sore today. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You got to go <laughs> and do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the same principle with owning a business or being a leader. Um, at all it's like yeah. everybody wants to be a business owner everyone wants to be a leader everyone wants to be like you were saying earlier chamber uh, a chief but very few people want to do what's necessary to be that role right you know well, and that's something um, you know something i was telling them um, chamber earlier was you know as a business owner as somebody starting a business surround yourself with people you know that are positive that can uplift you because you are going to fail you are going to have those moments of doubt oh dude you know, so and, many Oh, yeah. And if, if you have people in your life that are already doubting you and pulling right. you down and saying you can't succeed and you turn to them in your moments of weakness, well, guess what? They're going to pull you back. Right. That's but, if yeah. you're, but if you have people around you that are positive and upbeat and they've been there, they've done that, they'll help keep you lifted and help keep you motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And before you know it, you're successful. But it takes that effort. It takes that time. And unfortunately, some people just are not willing to put in, you know, those hours. Yeah. I watch a lot of podcast creation videos, um, like how to make your podcast better, what to do, how to market and stuff like that. And obviously this is one of my uh, newest passions and what I always tell people in my future, I love um, podcasting now. They say like 75% of podcasts fail within the first seven uh, episodes. Wow. That's, That's insane. Yeah. First seven episodes. They said statistically, if you can make it past seven episodes, okay, that you'll that you'll eventually make it, right? That you're not going to quit, right? So, and I thought that was really weird. I started counting them up. Think this one is either eight or nine, and so like we're just now breaking past that point. This actually might be eight. I believe it might be. If not, it's nine. But yeah, it seventy five percent of the new podcast starting right now. Seven episodes, they, they fail within seven episodes. The reason is, is it's the same thing. When you start a podcast, no one's gonna sponsor you. You can't monetize right. a podcast right away. Right. You, you, you're you not gonna make any money. You, you have to invest in equipment. You have to invest in quality equipment. I mean, podcast yeah. equipment is not cheap. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I mean, to, to get the setup we have, it wasn't a cheap investment. It's something where you have to put money forward and you have to wait. And it could be a longer wait to get anything back from it and it has to be essentially like a hobby at first and then it could and it might not never turn into a you know a career or a stream of revenue but if that's your passion like you you, you have to go through the trenches you know what yep. i mean and a lot of times people just like on a diet they might try a diet out for a week if they don't see the you know if they don't fit Six into that pack. yeah if they don't mm-hmm. fit into that dress or bikini within a week it's like hey it's gonna take longer than that but if they don't see it a lot of people are just quick to say uh eh, let me throw a towel in. I'm, know, good. I'm done. I've known people that said, oh, summer's here. You know what? Um, yeah, I want to go to the beach on Sunday, and it's Wednesday. I think I'll, I'll wake up the next few days and do some sit-ups, and I'll lose some weight. Uh, it doesn't quite work that way. You yeah. know, it's like anything. <laughs> you have to put time and effort in and not wait to the last minute. Exactly. You know, this is an investment. It is an investment, and it's an investment in your life, whether you are a business owner or whether you have a career. And uh, that actually uh, kind of fades into our next topic, and I was going to say, you know a lot about careers and building careers um, because you are uh, what an employment placement specialist. Is that what they call? Them? Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. I, I, you know, I had somebody loosely tell me the other day that they view me as a mid-level headhunter, and I'm going right oh, on. I, I never thought of it quite like that. 
you know, but it's absolutely true. I started my business, I started DS Employment Services um, based around the need to help small business owners. But I didn't want to be a temp agency. I, I saw right. way too many people over the years, you know, go through the different temp agencies in the area and right. they're stuck in this vicious cycle. Yeah. 30 day contracts, 45 day contracts, right. 60 That's day contracts. That's the worst. Yeah, it's horrible. And before you know it, these people are spending three, four, five years stuck in temp agencies and then the right. real jobs, the long term jobs are not hiring them yeah. because they're saying, oh, well, you only have ever worked temp jobs. There must be something wrong with you. No, not right. necessarily. That just means that was what was working for you. So I wanted to be able to turn around and not only invest time in finding permanent positions for people, but developing those people. And so just like I was talking with, with Shamber earlier, I, I might spend a significant amount of time helping people out, but that person might never get hired. But I want them to take that knowledge, that leadership knowledge, that interviewing knowledge, that management knowledge, take it back to their family, take it back to their friends. You know, and if it helps their daughter out or their son out get a good, you know, get a good job, or it helps them out at their next interview to get hired into that permanent position, I've done my job. Right. Yeah, it's, it's all about developing the community and yeah, developing awesome. the individual. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I do. I, I'm, an I'm an employment placement specialist, but I first and foremost believe in development. So I try to develop employers and employees as well. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, Shamber, when I met Daniel, he helped me build. I the one of the biggest memories I I, I know um, about you is uh, he was really really good at creating resumes. Uh, he helped me build like a, my first, I guess, professional resume. And I mean, it wasn't my first resume. I've built other resumes before, but I never had one look as good. And he taught me a lot of like, just like little fine detail on like what businesses, like what separates your resume from like the, the hundred yeah. other stacks right. of resumes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, they, I mean, those little details, they work. Um, yeah. Well, it's the little things that count, you know? Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, and I could talk all day long about resume <laughs> writing, you know, but most people don't realize that. And just to give a quick tidbit to the viewers, you know, hiring decisions are usually made about 60% of the time within one to two inches of the top of a resume. And yeah. it's just because of yeah. little details. Oh, you use a lot of abbreviations. Well, guess what? That could be an indicator that you take a lot of shortcuts. Wow. Oh, look at that. You know? Um, yeah. He, I remember him. Oh, I, I remember. Wow. Listen, Dan, I swear to God, till this day, <laughs> till this day. I write my address, my drive. Mm -hmm. I don't write a DR period like I usually do. Till this day, since I've met you, I write it D R I. -E. Oh my word! I gotta change my whole life now. Yeah. Wow. Till this day, I do, and it all started when I sat down with Daniel many years ago. Uh, not many, life. but what was it, about four years ago or oh, something? Probably four or five years. Yeah, I think in 2017. I still to this day <laughs> write out every abbreviation, every. You know, road is not R D period, it's yeah. R O A D. Yeah, little stuff like that. Well, and if you remember at the time, you know, and, and I tell people not to try to remember this stuff years later, you know, as long as it can help out a little bit. With something so simple like that, it all goes back to the thought process. Somebody takes the time to spell something out, that's them putting thought into their words, into their actions. And if they're gonna be that thoughtful on such a tiny level, yeah. that's sending a message to an employer that you're gonna be thoughtful for me. You know, because exactly. you know, a lot of exactly. people don't look at that. That was one thing that kind of stuck you out from when I met you. Um, I was there to, you know, build a resume and stuff and get help with uh, uh, employment. And uh, you, I, feel, I felt like you kind of took it the extra mile and were like, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but you were just, you gave me more attention than I thought that your job required you to. Um, well, that's awesome. You know, I, I never wanted to be that person. Um, I never wanted to be that person that went to work and felt burned out. 
you know, and, and what I mean by that is I've seen so many people that are providing like a social service or they're providing a case management service, you know, and they're, they're upset or they're burned out or they're overworked and they're right. taking that out on people that need help. Right. And so I try very hard. I used to try very hard at five o'clock. I would shut that part of my brain off because I did not want to take it home and be burned out. Yeah, that's you good. Know, I wanted to be able to take somebody that was in front of me, give them resources, help them out, you know, and go that extra mile and invest in that person. People are worth that. Yeah. Now, at some point in time, all of us have turned to somebody for help. But what happens if you genuinely need help and somebody kicks you to the curb? Right. Or they're talking down their nose at you or they're snobbish or they're whatever else. You know, so I never wanted to be that person. I remember with Nate's, you know, I helped him out with some of his uh, business cards. And I think we started creating like a Facebook profile for your business. Yeah, you know, and, and, and we did a brochure, like a, a poster or something, yeah. like a brochure, um, which I still have to this day. Oh, that's cool. I swear to God, I'll show it to you after the show. <laughs> Um, I still, I still have it to this day. I show people all the time, like, like this is where I came from. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of my, (laughs) if you look at like my ads today and like my marketing today and you compare it to this, like it looks like a, like a college student's (laughs) essay to like a kid in gardens (laughs) finger painting. Like, but no, but like I, that was my starting like, and, and like, it was super shabby and you know because i did it and i didn't know anything in the world what i was doing and um and i still don't some of the times but uh i i try my best when it comes to marketing and stuff um but uh that's why i have awesome chamber she helps me out a lot know it but uh but anyways i i made this poster and and um you know you 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 helped me but you also let me do it too you know what i'm saying like you weren't like the one who was like okay i'm not gonna do it for you and then you know that and i appreciated that because if you do it for me sure it probably looked better but yep. um but i'm what am i gonna retain out of it like what am i gonna get out of it what am i what, what kind of knowledge am i gonna absorb from it for future and um well, if I do all the work for you, you're really not learning anything, like you said. Right. You know, and that's part of that. I've always been that way. You know, if I'm sitting on knowledge, I could do it for somebody or I could teach them step by step with it and make that person stronger. You know, and that that's, you know, at the time for me, it was a learning process both ways. I didn't have a lot of opportunity to develop business cards, to right. develop brochures. So it, was, it gave me a great incentive to start researching that myself and start putting that into action. That's good. You know, and then you have somebody in front of you who's highly motivated, i.e. Nate. Yeah, right. You know, who's highly motivated. He's you know he's going to get to where he's going you know why why wouldn't i do that right there was so much that wasn't that, that, that my job description didn't require but i enjoyed it you know and i did that with everybody you know yeah. i still do that with people you know I, I might interview somebody in the back of my mind i go you know what this person isn't going to necessarily fit in this position but i'm still going to take three or four hours and help them out you know and, and share some of my knowledge because you know what they might be the people that helped me out five right. or ten years down the road. Right. You know, right. Like I said, everybody at some point in time has had somebody help them out. What about uh, people that come into you and do you ever get anybody that's just like, you can just tell they're not really like motivated to do anything or not really interested. They're just there. They don't even really want a job. <laughs> yeah. And they just, they don't want a job, but they're just there. Maybe they have a requirement or maybe like they're someone told them they had to do it or you know maybe they're you know maybe their parents are like you have to in order to live here you have to be looking for you know five jobs a week or something 
You know, I, I really don't get that too much anymore. Um, I did that. I had that more when I was a case manager. Okay. Um, nowadays, when I get people, when I advertise, you can usually tell. I, I, I'll call them first, spend time on the phone with them. I can pick up the vibe right away with them. And if somebody's not serious, if they're just playing the unemployment game, you know, then I'll still talk with them, but then I'll move on to the next candidate. Sure. But it's actually rare that I get somebody in front of me that I feel is playing a game now. Wow. Gotcha. That's good. Which, you know, it is what it is. You know, some yeah. people are there to fill a requirement, but for the most part, I get people that are motivated. Yeah, I mean, because we have oh, yeah. unemployment still going on. It's a struggle finding work oh, yeah. uh, nowadays. Word, yeah. I, I know a couple people that have told me that even McDonald's, Taco Bell, and these fast food chains, they're paying almost $15, if not $15 an hour. They've mm-hmm. raised their pay rates because they can't find anybody. Yeah, Just the other day, someone told me yeah. that Amazon is paying someone, what was it, like a $1,000 incentive bonus. Oh, wow. Uh, what? Just to work there. That's so, my calling. Bye. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> which they break, I, I, they break it up in like three checks, right? Okay. Because I was like, they just write you a check, so why wouldn't right. they, why wouldn't someone just like quit after the first check exactly yeah and then so they're like no 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 it's um it's a thousand dollars so it gets tacked on to this is like 300 the first check and then it's like after 45 days or something you get another 300 or something after 90 days you get the remainder like 400 you have to make it through the whole probation you have to to be there at least 90 days to get the thousand but still it's like a thousand dollars just to get help I mean, oh, Amazon. Can I, I saw, I saw a gas station about a couple, uh, about three weeks ago. Nice. Uh, t- for somebody with a high school education or less, twenty dollars an hour, immediate wow. five hundred dollars sign-on bonus. They had um, what was it, a, a one hundred dollars gas card per pay period. Oh my goodness. Wow! So they get an additional two hundred dollars in free gas each month to work there. And I'm going, where was this job at when I was in wow. high school? I'm gonna open it's, a bank. They really, they really want somebody yeah. to work there. There's a great expression that says, um, you know, people don't leave employers, people leave people. And that's so true. That's so true. If you have an employer that you feel, if you have a boss that you feel is mistreating you, or you're not being paid enough, or you're looking out out the window and going, hey, you know, I'm only being paid 12 bucks an hour here, but I can go across the street right now and do the same exact job for 15 an hour, I'm going to go over there. And so what that means is people have to do exactly like you said, small business owners have to find those, those non-financial incentives sometimes because they can't simply afford always to pay a thousand dollars yeah but they have to find out of the box thinking to retain those quality people you know and it's just it's just the way it is um i had a conversation with a restaurant owner a while back and we were talking and one of the things that she was telling me was that they offered a what was it a five percent discount on their meals and so i remember telling her five percent that's, that's, that's it and, and my family eats at this restaurant once in a while wow. so i kind of know the menu prices and so I told her, I said, well, I said, I'm not trying to be rude about this. However, you know, if I'm working here, number one, most employees do not eat where they, where they work at. They don't, if it's a restaurant, they don't eat there. They go down the street. They want to get out of that environment. I said, number two, if your average meal is 10 to $20, I said, I don't care about the $2.50, $2.50 savings. That doesn't impact me at all. It's not an incentive to me. I said, you know, and so I said to her, I said, you know, how often, uh, how often do those employees take advantage of that? And she goes, well, maybe once or twice a month. I said, okay. I said, so once what? or twice a month. Yeah. I said, so what's to stop somebody from, as a business owner, what's to stop you from saying, you know what, as an employee here, once a month or twice a month, we will give you a meal of your choice for 100% free. Right, right. You know, or maybe, you know what, let, let's take that. So your immediate family, you know, once a month, you can bring your immediate family in for a 75% discount on Ooh. your meal. 
I, and, and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, no, think about it. I said, if they're going to really not use this that often, I said, you might lose a little bit of money on the front end. Exactly. But now you've created that loyalty yeah. where somebody can say, hey, check this cool benefit out. They're, they're right. great. You know, I can bring my family in here on their birthdays. And guess what? We can get a $100 bill, but we can do it for $20. You know, we can bring people in on a wedding anniversary or something else. Somebody in my immediate family yeah. can come up with these great incentives. You know, and it sounds expensive at first until you think about the overhead costs and the retention costs and the hiring costs. Now you're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, employers have to be thoughtful with that. Yeah. You know? um, I seen another employer who said, you know what, we can't change our hourly rates, but what we will do is we will give the scheduling, the power of the scheduling to the employees themselves. And, that, and those employees felt empowered because it wasn't just the employer saying, you're going to be here Monday from like 8, to, 8 to 1. Yeah. It was the employer saying, you know what, what's your schedule like for the week? Talking amongst yourselves. They, they were empowering their employees, but it, sound, it looked so good to the employee because they felt invested at that point in the company that it increased their loyalty, yeah. which increased oh, yeah. their retention. Right. So essentially, being able to decide how much money they make. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. oh, you want to make $500 a week? Okay, well, make sure you work enough hours to make that. Well, and then the management had final approval on it. But if you got ten employees who are looking and saying, you know what, I can only, you know, I can only work fifteen hours this week. Yeah, you know, I can make my own schedule around that with everybody else's approval. But it gives me that sense of investment, that sense of right. loyalty. You know, and so employers have to be creative like that. If they're not, yeah, then, well, they're gonna keep finding people that are leaving. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than getting like a bad employee too, like someone oh, yeah. that just doesn't want to be there. Someone that's not going to do a good job. Someone, you know. So I'm curious to see what it's going to look like in this employment world that we're in when unemployment stops. When does that stop? September? I believe September. They're they're looking at stopping it unless they do an extension. I haven't heard anything about extension. I don't think they're going to extend it again um, because they extended it for a long time. Um, And then I believe they've done like three extensions or something. But. if not two, but uh, but yeah, I think it's, it was three. I think yeah. So I think we're finally getting to the point where it's safe to go back to work. Um, and if you're and if you don't feel like it's safe, then there's many opportunities to become an entrepreneur or um, from home. Like some yeah. places are still doing. That. And there's yeah. a lot of places that are giving the remote uh, remote. remote yeah, work. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I have you know uh, editors can do stuff from home, so it's uh. It's not all, I mean, obviously a fitness trainer, um, unless I did just virtual classes. You know, and what employers are discovering is that not only are people that work from home more likely to be productive, it's actually saving them so much money that they never thought of before. So if you're a business owner, and let's say you work somewhere in administration and you're renting your office space and you decide, oh, you know what? All my workers are working from home and they're using free software like Zoom and things like that to conference in once a day and the work is still getting done and I'm monitoring that. Oh. I'm not paying $1,500 a month in rental costs. Oh, $2,000 in electric costs. Oh, insurance conditioning. All that. You know, they're discovering that not only is our productivity going up by 20 to 30%, but our our costs are actually going down. And so, so many companies are going that road, you know, and I don't blame them one bit. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also beneficial for um, employers because they're also seeing maybe those who were not as productive. So like people who are have the option of working from home they get to see wait a second they're not meeting their quota they're just kind of messing around from home wait this has gone under the radar for how many years now you know well that's exactly it there's software out there. there's programs out there where they can monitor how much time you're sitting on the computer yeah and if they're looking at saying oh well look at that not only are you getting actually more work done but we're weeding out those employees exactly it's a win-win it's a win-win for them and i i I do not blame them one bit 
The downside to that, though, is people do tend to lose a little bit of that social aspect that they have yeah. from going to work. Um, but it's understandable. It's understandable. I, I know quite a few people that work from home, and they love it because they can take their breaks, go spend time with their pets or their children. Or guess what? If work starts at 8 a.m., they can roll out of bed at 7.50 and jump on that computer and make sure they're booted up and ready to go at 8 a.m. They don't have yeah. to get up at 6 a.m. to take a shower to See, eat I hate that. <laughs> I, I love people, but also, like, getting that shower, yep. put on your makeup, grabbing that coffee. Like, it is all motivating. You, all you have to do now is put a shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was funny when people like you seen that commercial or show or skit or whatever where the guy's like got a suit shirt right. with a tie <laughs> and his hair's all done and he gets up and he's in his boxers. I, I think that's happened a few times to uh, reporters and you know they, yeah. they, they get up their work from home and they don't realize the camera's still on they go ah! to walk away and it's like oh they got a shirt and tie on but they're wearing their boxers. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. In a Zoom meeting with like twenty people. Uh, that'd be a good laugh. Hey, Dan, I, I really appreciate you um, explaining uh, the employment stuff. did want to touch on one of the things I knew about you is that you are a veteran, right? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'm a disabled veteran. I got out in 1999. I blew my knees out. I spent about five years learning how to walk again. They told me at oh that time God. that I was never going to walk unaided. It's severe oh, nerve damage. I, I actually didn't know that. That's insane. I was in a training exercise and just happened to fall wrong and snaps, uh, oh. tore my ACL, LCL, PCL, MCL ligament. It's pretty pretty severe. Wow. What branch were you in? Uh, Marine Corps. Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah, so I went from being able Oorah. to run. Uh, <laughs> Semper Fi. I went from being able to run 15, 20 miles yeah. to not even being able to walk across the, you know, uh, you know, the parade deck, the, you know, the, the basketball wow. court. It was insane. So I hurt my knee pretty badly, had a lot of nerve damage that caused cardiac arrest, that caused renal failure. They told me wow. I was never going to walk again without something. So I spent probably the next three years, you know, just forcing myself to put pressure on my leg to work my leg to get yeah. that nerve growth going and then, about, then about a year and a half to two years on a cane you know and so five years it took me to get my leg back did you at any time believe in them when they said you're never going to walk again you know what i've always been the stubborn idiot that somebody says you're not going to do something if i truly set my mind to it i'm going to do it <laughs> right you know so there, there was a lot of anger at the time and like, my wife likes to think that i have had pts because of that i don't think that i did i think i just had a little bit of anger but sure. that anger fueled it because I found mm -hmm. out after the surgery that I could have went to a civilian doctor, to a sports doctor of my choice. Yeah. And I, and I did it, you know, so I didn't have the best quality care. And so when somebody tells me, you know what, you're not going to walk again, well, guess what? I've got nothing but time in my I'm hand to work it. this. I'm going to do it. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's exactly what I, I did. It. Yeah. And went from crutches to a cane, went from a cane to walking. Wow. You know, so I may not ever be able to run per se, but you know what? I'm on my feet. I'm walking. It might hurt, but it is what it is. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm a disabled veteran. So moving forward you know quite a few years later you know i really wanted nothing to do with the military or with being a veteran i really wow. didn't yeah. yeah and so when i met my wife she convinced me she slowly worked with me you know to get me more involved in the veteran community you know wow. and that's kind of where i'm at today i'm not you know so i help different veterans out i'm what's called a buddy to buddy um, volunteer coordinator with the michigan veterans affairs agency and so all that basically means is that i'm a voice in the community for veterans so when a veteran calls up the state and says hey i need help with a particular benefit that state can help them out. And that's where I come in. They can turn around and say, hey, we got somebody local in your community. Let's meet for coffee. Let's let that person help you out. That person's been there, done that. You know, so that's right. kind of what I do. You know, I, I help people out on that end. You know, just trying to connect them with veteran resources, veteran services. And then with my background coming from the nonprofit world, I have all that knowledge from different non-veteran resources that I can refer people to. So it's just, it's, it's a great thing. I'm passionate about it and yeah. I'm happy to help out. That, that's a volunteer work. Um, yeah, that's amazing that you take your own personal time as busy as you are. 
to help people. And uh, I believe these people that might be coming back from war or retiring from the military and stuff, you help them with essentially like re-entry to civilian life? I'm not quite in that role myself. Okay. Uh, essentially what happens is when they come out, they go back to their different communities. Sure. And they might decide to go to school. They might decide they need a disability increase. Sure. So my goal is if they come to me, I'll try to direct them to the people in those communities who can help them best with that. Or if there's paperwork that needs to be involved, then I'll help them with the paperwork if need be. Sure. You know, and so my role is more as a facilitator, as, as kind of a middleman. The yeah. um, Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, they, they have this wonderful program where they can call from anywhere in the state and they can look up resources on their own, but sometimes people don't want that voice on the phone. They, they want somebody they can physically meet or talk right, to. Right, right. And so that's what the Buddy to Buddy program does. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a great program. I can't yeah. speak enough of it. No, that's awesome because there's nothing uh, more sad than when I hear about the horrible statistics about veterans, you know, not finding employment, suicide rate, homeless. It's crazy about some of the statistics that I hear. It's heartbreaking because you got these people that, uh, you know, defended our country and were in literally the saying. Right. They were in the trenches. Like, literally, that's the saying that we all say. Like, man, you left me in the trenches. You left early for work. It's like, no, these people were really in the trenches. And they come home and, you know, you see them all the time on the corner, you know, begging for change. And it's like, it's sad to see, man, homeless and and a lot of them resort back to drugs and alcohol, and they obtain you know, really bad long-term addiction problems, and they ended up just creating this horrible, dark, nasty cycle. And then, I mean, <clears throat> that's why suicide rate is so high with veterans too. And you know, you have the PTSD, and because like war messes you up. I've never been in war, but I can only imagine, and I've seen what it does, and. It's not exactly a normal or natural thing. It's not a pretty scene. No. Well, it's not Um, normal for a human to be in war. Well, Um, you know, and that's just it. You know, I I was never in war myself. I got injured before I could be deployed. But I've seen so many veterans come back that were horribly scarred. Maybe it wasn't a physical wound, but it was a mental wound from the things that they've seen. Right. Which is worse. Yeah, and that's absolutely worse, you know. And and thankfully, Michigan is really leading the way with a lot of the the veteran support, a lot of the veteran awareness. Um, And that's where... My main officer, where I like to meet people at, is at an agency called Harold's Haven in, in uh, Eaton Rapids. And they provide PTS services to veterans, to first responders, to our community first responders. You know, and it's, it's amazing the mission work that they do there to help people out. And, th- yeah. and they're just one of many. There's so many great places now that are turning around saying, you know what, let's help out with employment. Let's help out with addressing these hidden issues. Let's, let's give you family counseling. Let's provide exactly. that support. And it's, it's because, you know, those veterans at one point in time wrote a check for this country and they're coming home and guess what? It's time for that country to cash that check a little bit and help right. these people out. Because right. if somebody's, let's say somebody's a three-time, you know, war veteran, you know, they come home and they can't find employment and they have anger issues and it develops into the relationship, you know, and it goes into the relationship and that relationship has issues. And before you know it, they're homeless and living on a corner. What, what was to stop somebody at some point during that you know, whole episode of, of saying, you know what, let me provide a little bit of help. You can change their life. Absolutely. And all it takes is somebody, not, I'm not saying somebody giving you know, a hand out, but somebody giving a hand up. Somebody yeah. who's been there, That's done that, good. to say, hey, you know what, I know it's tough out here. Let me put you in connection with these people personally yeah. that I know they'll take an interest in you. They're not just going to blow you off. They're not just going to look down your nose. Yeah. They're going to sit there and go above and beyond. Yeah. You know, and those are the, you know, that's what Michigan is doing. That's better than handouts. I mean, yeah. giving them a dollar at the corner isn't going to do anything, but buy them their next meal or, and not saying that 
helping them on their next meal isn't bad, but it's like they're still in that cycle. Right. It's not getting Absolutely. them out of the cycle. Feeding them, it, yes, it's a nice gesture, and I believe in you know feeding the homeless. I mean, that's a great thing to do, but they're still in the cycle. The hand in, what you were saying is like, a lot of people are in this position, especially veterans, because yep. they feel like nobody cares. Yes. They feel like they're alone in this world, they fought for this country, and the government just said, okay, you put your time in, right. see you later, bye. bye. Absolutely. You know, yeah. we don't know you anymore, see you, right. bye. <laughs> and uh, and no, but seriously, and yeah. in a way, probably does feel that way. I could see it as an outsider looking in, in a civilian you know, outlook, you know, someone stopping, like you said, and saying, hey, grab my hand. Let's go find you placement. Let's go find you, you know, education. Let's go find you employment. Let's go find you steady food and stuff. Well, and so many veterans, what I've seen is, number one, no matter what branch you're in, they generally instill a pretty strong sense of self-pride. You know, you've went through things, you've seen things, you've done things. And when you come home and you're failing, you have all these barriers in front of you. That self-pride is sometimes our own worst enemy because it's very oh, yeah. difficult to go to somebody and say, hey, you know, I need help. You know, I should be able to provide for my family. I should be able to get a job, but I'm right. failing, and I don't know why. It's hard right. to admit that. Yeah. You know, and thankfully, I think more and more people are being aware of that. They're being sympathetic to that and helping out with it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I was talking with um, Shamber earlier before the podcast. One of the groups that I was involved with, it's called MI Vets Build. That's a new nonprofit that's just starting to get put out there. Their whole goal is to take military veterans as they're being discharged and immediately put them into like OSHA, into safety training, into into trade skill training. So they're coming okay. out, they're not waiting. Right. They're coming out, they're getting training into skilled trades and being placed with employers in their community. So that way there's not somebody coming out and saying, hey, you know, I went from, from making X amount of dollars right. to making nothing. Right. And now the best job I can get is flipping burgers. No, it's somebody yeah. coming out and saying, hey, you know, suddenly I'm in a job that's paying $25 an hour, $30 an hour to start, $35 an hour to start. I'm making great money. Right. And I'm building a, a teamwork model that's similar to the military. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm on that board with them. That's you know, that's, and my, awesome. that's built. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, that was the brainchild um, from, gentleman's name is Mike Poima. He has, he's the owner of Invest Vets out of East Lansing, and he helps veterans in the community with going to school, with connecting with resources. So it's just wonderful agencies out there doing so much good stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. You probably don't even know. You've probably saved a bunch of, I mean, a bunch of, oh, at least yeah. a one or two lives out there for just, sure. just for doing that, if not several. So once again, I salute you for it's that. It's part man. of your story, too. That I just love, it's not just like, oh, this is my job. This is where I'm at. This is like your passion. It's yes. part of your testimony. You're going out, and now you get to empower other people because you can relate. Oh, it's just the me too factor, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I can't tell you the number of times where I've been out just minding my own business, and somebody <laughs> I, I haven't seen in six or seven years comes up to me and goes, "Hey, do you remember me?" Oh my and, word! And I don't always remember them because I've seen so many oh, people yeah. over the years. It's really nice when you have that happen. I wasn't looking for anything. It was just me being a good person, helping people out. I love that. I, I remember one. One time I was at what was a Meyer in Zealand, and I was like 11:30 at night. Yeah, you know, I, I was stopping in to. Heck was I getting? I, I can't remember what I was getting. But I needed something, <laughs> you know. And it was late at night, and this guy's like, "Hey, Daniel, he's yelling at me from across <laughs> across Myers. and I'm like, "Who the heck is this guy?" Right. You know, and it was somebody I worked with in like 2007, and this was Crazy. like 2015. You know, but he wanted to come up to me and say, "Hey, you know what? Because of you, I got a job. I got on my feet. I got my first place." 
How do you uh, not feel good with something yeah. like that? I just, love that. Yeah. No, seriously, that's what that's how I felt too. Uh, when I was gaining speed on my accomplishments, I was like, man, if it wasn't for Danny, I don't even know if I would. You know, when you first ride a bike and like you finally get off training wheels and like your dad's like pushing you, and uh, and then you finally like let go, and it was like that. You helped me start, and then you let go, and then I just kind of started pedaling away. So uh, awesome. You, you know what? You had that fire. I can. I, I used to joke with people and tell people that you know, within moments, I can read a person, and I, I can. Yeah, you know, it's just I've had so much exposure to people that when somebody walks in the room, I, I can tell. You know, I'm going to have trouble with this person. I'm not going to have trouble right. with this person. This person's open. Not. Nate radiated that level of energy where he oh, was yeah. going to be successful <laughs> no matter what. He wasn't going to let anybody tell him otherwise, you know, and that fuels my fire when I see that because those are the people that make me the most passionate to be able to say, hey, you yeah. know what, let me help out in some tiny little way. Yeah. You know, even if it's just giving a tidbit of knowledge or, or saying, you know what, have you thought about this or have you looked at this? You know, they're, they're on my end, they're tiny things, but it's it's wonderful to see somebody take that and run with it. So. Absolutely. It's just, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Hey, tell me about um, cookbook or something. Well, let's see. Where do I begin with that? <laughs> um, my wife likes to. She likes me cooking for her because I, of, I, of I, course. I keep winning different different like soup cookoffs and chili cookoffs and things. So somehow that has turned into me cooking for her coworkers. Okay. Yeah, you know, and that has that's turned into cooking for their families or whoever needs it. Okay. Yeah, you know, and so that's turning into, you know what, this might be a side gig. All so right. she actually put, <laughs> had me put together a menu for her coworkers to select soup recipes and things from for me to make. That's a hidden yeah. talent, huh? Oh yeah. I didn't and, know you were a cook. Oh, well, you know, I, I've always cooked. I've always loved like to cook. Yeah, you know, and, and a- absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I'm passionate about it. Sure. So even though I don't necessarily want to own a restaurant or anything, um, I'm turning around and saying, you know what? I've had these recipes that I've developed over the years. Everybody loves them. Why not publish them? You know, so I'm starting to look at an ebook doing that, starting to put that out there, starting to develop that, and that will soon be published online. Um, then the other book that I want to do, and I was talking to Shamber again. We had a great conversation. We had an awesome yeah. conversation. Um, I <laughs> you missed, missed out. out. <laughs> Jeez. We're buds now. Sorry. I took your BFF. Stupid typhoon. <laughs> so so the other book is just stories like, like Nate's story here, yeah. where I would put together just, just a storytelling about these other people's stories. So when I was a case manager, I, I never set out to be a case manager. My background was business and human resources, and I found myself in that role. So I always approach that from that standpoint. So I have these wonderful stories of people I've helped, helped out over the years, yeah. and I want to be able to put that out there and say, hey, you know, these are these case stories that I've seen. Love you know, of that. course, hiding people's names and stuff. Right. But I want other people to be able to look at that and say, oh, wow, look at this. This is cool. You know, so I kind of want to do That's like an a, awesome idea. That's yeah, it's yeah, it's just, you know, simple little book, nothing, I nothing. genuinely like that. Yeah, it's just, you know, we all forget things. We all we all forget our own memory. We all lose our memory sometimes. Yeah. You know, and I saw, thought, you know, why not? Everybody keeps telling me I need to publish these stories yeah. and put them down. Because there are things that I've forgotten over the years. You know, there are things that I've I stopped remembering. So why not? So that's the second one that I want to kind of work on is just something like that. Memories of like a caseworker or something like that. I haven't decided on a title yet. Yeah. And then the third one is a little bit lesser known book. <laughs> And um, like I was telling her, you know, I, I kind of have an impish mentality. I, I love pranks and I, and I love um, fooling around a little bit. And that's why, you know, I just kind of laugh at people when they when they say something. It's like, no, no you have no idea. You know, right. so I want to put together like a prank book, you know, and I already have. I've got like these you know, 27 or 28 pranks that I've listed that I've either done oh, or wow. seen other people do. I'm going to have to watch my back now. Right? <laughs> oh, no, I just laugh at people. You now. got a prankster. 
Yep. You have <laughs> no idea. And I'm not going to give any of those ideas on, on this podcast because I don't want to be held responsible for it. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know what? I have a lifetime of just really bad pranks. You know, why not put those down? And if somebody rolls with it, they roll with it. But in the meantime, I hope they look at all 12 uh, sections of the prank book that says, I am not responsible if the public decides to use ah! these. <laughs> You're the kid in class. Teachers are like, oh, beware of Dan. No, no, Drop no. pin on my chair. No, I was the kid in class who the teachers liked. And uh, I did that purposely so that the teachers would pets. always have my back. It wasn't the teacher's pets. But I figured, you know what? Usery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was the person that was three or four people deep in there, uh, causing, you know, stirring the pot. Right, right. But when it all came back to me, I made it look like somebody else. And oh, the teacher always had my, my back. Word. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my word. So, uh, that, so I, I had to learn how to think smarter, not harder. You know, and part of that was thinking creatively. because poster. Um, yeah, you, you, yeah. Then you sit back and go, "What? What happened? Oh my god!" Yeah. In the meantime, I don't know what happened. You there, but created I'll, this. <laughs> I'll be your best friend, but the, you know. But at the same time, you know what? I was the biggest sabotaging person that oh got you in trouble. <laughs> wow. That's why I kind of laugh at people now. It's like you have no idea. I'm older. I'm wiser. I don't get involved with that stuff. But I kind of want to hear those stories too. <laughs> off the right. air. Off the off air. The air. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it has been a true pleasure having you on the show. If anyone hasn't, uh, if you couldn't tell by now, Daniel's an awesome guy and he's a jack of all trades. I think you just have a huge heart. I think you are a very big giver. I think you like to give people great knowledge, people great networking streams, uh, great ideas. I mean, just great everything, man. You have a huge heart and a huge hand to, you know, help people. Once again, I salute you for all those things. Continue doing what you're doing, and you're you've already made like a footprint on so many people's oh, lives, many. including yeah. myself. I guess the last thing I would uh, touch on, because we are coming to the closure part of our show here, and like you said earlier, we could talk for five hours. Oh, yeah. You know, we're, I could talk all day. The three of us are good talkers, and we like to hear cool stories. But um, what is your general last thoughts or conclusion and for yourself that your industry life and all that stuff you know i always tell people um, be helpful be helpful mm. you know and I, and, I, and I take that approach with any business with any individual all that basically means is if i sit down with a business owner if i sit down with an individual if i sit down with somebody i just met at a bus stop you know if we got five minutes we're sitting there talking i'm helpful to be helpful I'm i can sit good. there in silence or i can sit there and you know meet somebody talk to somebody learn about who they are yeah. learn about their life learn about their business and maybe help them out in some tiny little way wow. you know so i challenge people be helpful to be helpful and you'll be surprised at that it's amazing when you put out goodwill that it comes back around and like i was telling nate before I've had so many times where I've had business owners turn to me and say, why would you do that? Why would you help me out? We're not doing business. Well, why wouldn't I? You know, whether you're an employer, whether you're an employee, whether you're just a person on the street, that's my challenge to you. You know, be wow. helpful to be helpful. Be that person that's sincere in the moment. You know, learn from that boat from people. Don't think about tomorrow. Think about the people today that, that you're impacting. And you'll be surprised, you know, the changes you'll make in the world. So. Yeah, I so good. yeah I love I love that Conviction. I love that no seriously <laughs> well it, it's true and I guess I kind of got a little bit of that when you were helping me like you were like hey I'm not the best guy for that but why don't you call Megan or you know she's <laughs> great with that or why don't you call this person and in the back of my mind I'm like why is he helping me because in this world people charge for anything yes you know and and we're always on guard we have our guard up we're like okay is there like a hidden fee here like is he gonna send me an invoice later or what's going on here and you're like 
you know, no, man, just, you know, if I'm not compatible to do business with you, yeah. then I will help you find that business, you know, and just to help you. And it's like, it's true because people are like, well, why are you doing that? You know, why are yeah. you taking 30, 40 minutes out of your day? Because time is money. Anybody, you don't have to be a business owner to know that. Anybody knows that. And it's like, why would you take 40 minutes to help me? But in the long run, I mean, that's what sets you aside from to be such a great person in this world. And like you said, it always comes back to you. And I always try, you know, you put good things out in the universe, you mm-hmm. get good things that come back. Well, you know what? So many people have given me opportunities in life. Who am I to not return the favor? If I'm sitting on knowledge, you're sitting on knowledge, right. and Shamber's sitting on knowledge, why not share that? I, I take the viewpoint when I walk in a room, everybody in that room has knowledge or skills that I don't have. So who am I to not go talk to them, learn from them, help them out? And they in turn may help me out, or they may not. Sure. It's their choice. You know, but it's just all about living that purposeful life. Yeah. You know, um, like we had talked earlier with uh, Dale Carnegie, you know, some of the greatest moments in my life, some of the you know greatest help has come from Dale Carnegie and from Phil Zeller and his institute. So I'm going to give him a plug on this. <laughs> one. There you go. Shout out. Yeah. And so I'll talk him up all day long because I have nothing but most respect for those people. They gave me an opportunity and it really impacted my life. Yeah. I was already doing a lot of those things, you know, so I try to pass it along to the people that I'm helping out with. So even though it sounds kind of rambling and long winded. I tell people just, you know what, be a genuine person, be sincere with people, treat people like you want to be treated and be helpful. Yeah. You know, don't be helpful with an underlying motive because then you're not helpful. You're, you're, you know, being harmful at that point. Yeah. Help people like you want to be helped. Exactly. Yeah. Do unto others what you want them to be. Exactly. And you you make me feel so positive. Like I, I I feel like I want to go do like community service or something. (laughs) Oh, let's go. Like I, I I feel I'm such in like a positive mood right now. I'm like. My but, chest is swelling. Yeah. But I mean, I try to do it here. Like, you know, people pay. I have a client that pays for 45 minutes. It's not because he's cheap or anything. It's because we sat down and worked his budget out. And right. that was the most that he could comfortably. I don't want to break people. I want you to be comfortable with your purchase. Mm-hmm. Right. Financially comfortable. Because being financially strapped and stressed brings nothing but pressure and uncomfortable right. feelings. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a positive atmosphere here. You're supposed to be coming to better yourself. Not worsen yourself. Financials are a huge part of someone's life. If not 75, 80% of your life is surrounded yes. by your financials, right? So I try to give him his 45 minutes of training, but I always go over and I sit down and talk to him about diet and stuff. And next thing you know, it's like an hour and 15 minutes and like he only paid for 45. But I felt like at 45 mark, I felt like the service wasn't done. And I was like, and, I like that. and he was like, you know, you've been with me for an hour now. And I was like, it's okay. He's like, well, I can't afford And I was like, don't worry about it. I just feel like there's more that you need to learn in this session. And uh, I feel like the service isn't done. I mean, there's times where I can't do that because my schedule's too tight. But if I'm able to do it, I'll do it because I'm in this industry to essentially help people. And fitness is not just appearance. It's mental Spiritual is physical. It's everything. So a lot of people come here. I have many clients that come here and they're just like, hey, I really don't care. Like, especially the older clients. Like, I really don't care how I look. Like, I'm not trying to get in a bikini. Right. They're just like, I just want to feel good and I want to live a long, healthy life. And, you know, and that's one of those things. I haven't been in your gym too many times. I think this is about the third or fourth time. But when you walk in, the the atmosphere is charged positively. Everybody here is in a great mood. You walk in, you can just feel it. It's kind of like that oasis in the desert. 
you know, we're going through the shutdowns, we're going through the summer heat, we're going through all this other stuff out there. And then you walk into an environment where people are uplifting, people are positive, people are motivated. And then you hear things like that, you know, yeah. that comes back where somebody turns around and says, wow, you know, he didn't have to do that, but he spent an extra 30 minutes with me. You know, he right. talked about things that maybe I'm not paying him to, but he did it anyways. Yeah. That will come back 10 times over. You know, yeah. it's just amazing. And that's right? what I try to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's already has come back. I get a ton of referrals and, and that comes off of servicing people correctly, you know? So, well, and people can tell when somebody genuinely cares. Oh yeah. They can tell when somebody's there 100%. with them, they're invested in their own betterments, you know, in their own life. And they're invested in that time. People can tell. hundred you know, percent. I know if I go somewhere and I feel that somebody's talking down to me or talking past me, you know, I'll try to bring them back around. If I can't, well, guess what? I probably won't come back. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care what industry it is. I don't care where it is. If I feel like my time isn't being appreciated, and I'm not even saying as a business owner, just as a person, you know, why would I go back to that? Right. You know, if it's a negative environment, and that's one thing I love about this place is when you walk gonna. in here, it's just, it's, it's positive. So I appreciate great that. music, great people, great positivity. All right. Uh, cool stuff. Dan, I don't want to finish this. I love it. Ah. I love it. <laughs> I got to end it. I, I don't want to. I honestly don't, but I can sit here and talk with you for another two hours, man. We unfortunately have a cap on this. So, uh, Shamber, did you want to say your last uh, word or your goodbyes or anything? I just want to say I feel really honored to um, just, you're literally a walking uh, book of knowledge. I just feel like I'll bring up a topic and, oh, I, I heard this from this person or this podcast or this school or, oh, you sh you're a connector. Right. You're just everything. And so I feel really honored to meet you. Just a cool person. Going back to you, just like giving it a test to your character. You're, I can oh. tell you're a man of integrity. And so this is just really honoring to just listen to you, learn, laugh. I'm and, getting embarrassed uh, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that though. I just, I really yeah. appreciate it. Nate and I, we love it. We know the viewers are going to love it. And just... Hopefully, people will walk away and be like, wow, I learned something new today. I was encouraged. Even if it's just like, hey, be unto others how you want to be treated. And Absolutely. just thank you so much. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things we uh, have in life. I should stop talking because I, I know we're getting over it. <laughs> but you know what? It's very easy to deflect, you know, de deflect from people that are given that gratitude. But it's so much harder to just say thank you and take it in. Mm. You know, so, so thank you for that. Oh. I appreciate that. Yes. And Daniel, thank you a hundred times over again. I really appreciate you taking your time out today and coming here and letting everybody know your story, your qualifications, your testimonies, all that good stuff. It was amazing to have you on. We'll have to have you on again some other time. Oh, yes. 100% the Daniel episode number two. <laughs> and everyone out there, thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode here at the Afterburn Podcast. Remember to follow us, Afterburn Podcast. We have a Facebook uh, we're on all platforms. Make sure you guys download the episodes. These are really help us. If you download the episode on whatever device you're listening to, subscribe to our channel. We'll continue to bring you awesome content and awesome episodes, guys. Thank you again for another episode. Talk to you next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Hip Fitness, The Afterburn. Be sure to subscribe to all of our socials and don't hesitate to reach out to have you and your brand featured on our show.